0: You from the best that God has for you, from the things that are distracting you and keeping you from from you know honoring God. And regardless of how you think about Christmas, our Savior deserves to be worshipped, and our Savior deserves to be celebrated during Christmas. So He deserves our praise and our adoration. So today we're going to be talking about the letting go of bitterness. And as I started thinking about this, I thought, sat down, and I said, "Okay, I'm going to think about my bitterness and and, and do I have any?" So I'll start with. What is bitterness? Because I wanted to make sure I was on the right track. So, Bitterness in the dictionary is a feeling of antagonism, hostility, or resentfulness. So I sat there and I'm going, all right, God, I I need to know. Show me my bitterness. And I'm just thinking of all these things. And then I thought of Jeff Winch. Junior in high school, he stole my stereo. And I realized, I'm still mad at Jeff Winch. He knew he stole it. I knew he stole it. And he never gave it back. So I'm bitter at Jeff. Then I realized I'm bitter at one of my customers who a couple of years ago stiffed me in a job and he never paid me. And he got away with it. I was bitter at him. I was bitter at my old boss who told me that I would never be any good at sales. And I could never run my own company. I'm a little bitter at him. But you know what? I don't think about these things. I let most of them go and I don't stew on them. So I said, I don't really have bitterness. But the more that I dug into it, the more I realized how sneaky this little thing called bitterness is. Because it had crawled into my life in ways, and I had just classified it as something different. So we're going to chat about that a little bit today. But we have some examples in the Bible of people that succumbed to bitterness, and it it controlled them. You think of Cain and Abel, right? Right? So Cain and Abel, brothers, they both gave God a sacrifice, and God chose Abel's sacrifice as the better sacrifice. And Cain felt that he'd been mistreated, and he let bitterness get so much of him that he ended up killing his brother over it. We have Naomi. Naomi lost her husband and her two sons, and she ended up moving back to her homeland, and her friend said, Hey, Naomi, how you doing? She said, Don't call me Naomi. Call me Mara, because Mara means bitterness. We see Absalom and Amnon, half-brothers. And Amnon raped Absalom's sister, Ta- um, I've got to get my, Tamar. I always want to say tomorrow. Tamar. <laughs> he raped Tamar, and Absalom was so, so consumed with bitterness for years that he ended up killing his half-brother over it. We see the brother of the prodigal son, who his brother came home and his dad killed the fat calf, had a huge celebration and he was so bitter, he couldn't even step in the door of the party. It got the best of him. But then we have examples in the Bible of people who had every right to be bitter and they weren't. We have Joseph, whose brothers mistreated him and they sold him into slavery. I'd be bitter. Then he got in favor with Potiphar and he became Potiphar. Potiphar gave him a great role, and Potiphar's wife tries to come on to him and she accuses him of sexual assault and he gets thrown in prison. I'd be bitter. You know, and then in prison he meets a cup baker, or a cup bearer and a baker, and he interprets dreams for them both. And the cupbearer says, hey, I'm getting out of prison. When I get out, I will remember you, buddy, and I will help you get out of prison. And he got out and he forgot all about him. I'd be bitter. And then he interprets Pharaoh's dreams, and Pharaoh promotes him to the second highest job, and he has the chance to meet his brothers again. I would have been bitter, but he's not. And he forgives his brothers. It's just an awesome example. We have Hannah, the mother of Samuel, who she couldn't have any kids, and her husband Elkanah had another wife, Panina. And Panina would taunt Hannah every day about not having kids. And Hannah started to become bitter, and she realized it and she just gave it to God and said, I don't have any kids, God, but she gave her bitterness to God. God rewarded her. She had Samuel, then she had two more kids. So what's the cause of it? And what's the difference between all these people and their their reactions to this? As I thought about bitterness, I thought, you know what? Almost every time, it starts with an event. And I'm going to call that event the seed of offense. It starts with an event. And you guys, this is the devil's playground this is where he has so much fun with you and me. And he, and he plays in this area the seed of offense. You know, think about it for a second. Go back in your mind and think of just, and I did this, just think of all the people that you've interacted with. Just look at their face. And just go through your past week or so. As I was sitting there preparing for this, I was thinking of last Sunday when Ed was talking and we were sitting right where my wife was sitting. So I was looking at all you guys. And I'm going through your faces, everybody, everybody I remembered where you sit. And I'm thinking, is there an offense? No, 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 no. Uh. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> and I went through everybody in, in, on this side. And you guys, I don't have any offenses with you, right? So I had to go out of the church. And I'm going through all the people I work with. And then I got to that person. And I went, uh, uh, yeah. There's a person that had made a commitment to me. And we were going to do something together. And then they they reneged on the on the commitment. And they changed their mind. And the excuse that they gave me was really, really lame. And I'm thinking, you know, I guess I don't mean that much to you that you just can renege on that. And and what I did, I reached in, and I took a seed of offense. And I grabbed it. But I had a choice right then at that minute. Do I grab it or don't I? And I did. I reached in, and I grabbed the seed of offense, and I took it. And you know what happened? It sprouted. They sprout right away. And the thing about a root is that a root will always grow down first to find its path of nutrition. It'll grow down first before it ever grows up. Hebrews twelve fourteen and 15 says, Make every effort to live in peace with everyone and be holy. See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. You see, once that root starts to grow, it starts to weave its way into your heart. And it starts to wind around it. And eventually, that root is going to make its way up. It's going to come up in your actions, in your moods, in your words. Luke 6.45 says, A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks... What the heart is full of. If you think about it, where does this root of bitterness take you? The second stage is anger. A lot of us don't want to say, I'm an angry person. I'm a frustrated person. (laughs) They're the same thing. It's the same thing. Bitterness competes with us for control over our moods and our actions. We're all really good at monitoring our behavior, aren't we? I mean, look at you guys. You're all sitting there acting like you're interested. <laughs> we're, we're super good at monitoring our behavior, but we're not so good at monitoring our hearts and what goes into our hearts. Ecclesiastes 7.9 says, Do not be quickly provoked in your spirit, for anger resides in the lap of fools. In Acts 8.23 it says, For I see that you are full of bitterness and captive to sin. I'm going to give you a silly example as I was thinking how, how this happens, right? I am a member of the REP. The REP is the Road Ethics Police. <laughs> so it's my job as a member of the Road Ethics Police to, to drive responsibly and ethically on the road. And if somebody else isn't, it's my job to help them come along and <laughs> alongside. So... About three weeks ago, I was driving, and as I drive, I'm always trying to be curious, and I I mean courtesy, and I'm looking in the rearview mirror, and I'm always aware of my surroundings, and I see somebody in the rearview mirror, this guy flying, and he's just slicing people left and right, and I'm thinking, he is going to kill somebody. I put my road ethics badge on, and I observed what was going on around me, and there was somebody in the right lane, there was a guy in the middle, and I've got my gap between the guy in front of me. But there's a gap. And what do you do? You close the gap. I knew there were other members of the REP here. So I close the gap. And I see him coming up and he's flying up and he gets right next to me. And he's boxed in. Duty done. He is now a good member of society. He's not going to kill anybody, right? And I've got him boxed in. Good job. And then the guy on the far right blew it. He sped up. And it gave him a gap, and he went to the far right lane, and he sliced around, and he came back. And he got away. And I was upset. I was bitter. And I was angry. And I was boxed in. <laughs> I couldn't do anything, so I had to let it go. So two weeks later, that really bothered me. I went from bitterness to anger in about three seconds. Then two weeks later, last Friday, we we're taking my daughter and her husband to the airport, and I'm on ninety-three going down south. And another guy's doing it, so I put my badge on again and I close the gap. And he comes flying up right next to us, and he's trying to like nudge in. No, I'm not letting him. Uh-uh. No way. And my wife, I, I literally, right? I'm on the other guy's rear, so she goes, "Steve, stop it. It doesn't matter. Blasphemy." It does matter. And she's right. It didn't matter. So I backed off. And he got away. And you know the stupid thing? It didn't matter. But that bitterness from two weeks ago was still there. Isn't that dumb? Really stupid. But you guys, you know what? This happens in nanoseconds. It happens in seconds. Somebody can just say something about you. And you will reach in and go, oh, really? Huh, okay. Okay. That seed happens in seconds. It doesn't even have to be about you. You can overhear somebody say something about somebody else. That wasn't right. Okay, this is true. Richard Marx, remember Richard Marx from the 80s? He had like 10 good songs, right? <laughs> Don't mean nothing. <laughs> one of my favorite songs, I used to crank it every time I heard Richard Marx. Well, about three years ago, Richard Marx wrote an op ed in one of the newspapers and he went political. And I took offense. It's like, stop it. And so, not too long ago, one of his songs came on and I changed it. And Karen goes, You love Richard Marx? I said, Not anymore. <laughs> Richard Marx. Isn't it stupid? But don't we do that, you guys? You know, James talks in the Bible. He's writing to the church, and he's talking about all of their arguments and all of their, their things that they do wrong and their, their selfish ambition. And, and he says this. He says, what causes conflicts and quarrels among you? Don't they come from the passions at war within you? And I, and I want to say, James, <laughs> it's who causes quarrels among you. But he's right. It's not a who. It's a what. It's a what that we have to deal with. He's right. What's the source of it? And as long as we don't think that we can control somebody else and their, their actions and what they say, when we don't think we can control somebody else, we give ourselves a lot of wiggle room in our behavior and our actions and what we do and what we say you see, we always think that it's the source of the problem is out there. It's not. It's in here. We always think it's the other person. And you want to know the other thing? When it really boils down to it, so much of the root of bitterness is that we're not getting what we want. Whether you think that it's a sense of fairness or whether it's you think it should pan out another way, we're not getting what we want. Try it. Next time you start to feel that offense coming on, and you will, you'll feel it coming on. Maybe you're having a disagreement or whatever it is. Stand up and say, you want to know what the problem is? I'm not getting what I want. See how that goes over. (laughs) But it boils down to we're not getting what we want. The source of it we always think is out there. But the source of the bitterness is here. And this is why the Bible talks so much about guarding your heart. Proverbs 4.23 says this, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything that you do flows from it. Can we just read that together, guys? If you memorize a verse, this is one worth memorizing. Let's read it together. Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. You know, when God looks down and he sees the things that we carry around as bitterness, he's like, oh my gosh, you guys. It's like when you're a dad or a mom and you're driving your car and your kids are in the back seat and they're fighting over something stupid and after a while you're like, Just yes, if I connect with one of you, give that to me. <laughs> I didn't hit my kids. But it's like God's going, you guys, stop it. I love that, Ed. Stop it. This bitterness that we carry around, God's like, you're missing the whole point, you guys. It's fruitless. You know, we really have to monitor what goes in our heart. We have to deal with things like the bitterness and take time to really say, hey, where am I missing the mark, God? I love this quote that said, if you don't deal with the demons in your life, they'll go down to the basement of your soul and lift weights. It's so true. It's so true. We need to control what comes in and out of us. And what happens if we don't? What happens if we just ignore it and push it off and push it off? It's kind of like over time, the course of your life changes a degree. Just a degree at a time. And pretty soon, you find that you're the negative person. You're the person that's looking for the offense. You're looking for it. You're looking for the traits in other people that offend you. And you've missed it. A number of years, years, months ago... I was talking and I gave the example of the Holy Spirit being a tuning fork and he puts it into your soul and as you start to resonate with the things that the Holy Spirit is talking about you become closer in line with him and it becomes easier to identify what he wants from you but the enemy is like the crack dealer he's going come on come on <laughs> take, take take one you you deserve it Joey you deserve that that wasn't right this will make you feel better about yourself take that seed of offense." Come on. And that's where the the, the choice comes. So what do we do? How, How do you battle this? I came up with four practical things, and I think you guys can probably add to it. But the first thing that I thought of is how do we win this battle? We don't take the seed to begin with. That's the first thing is don't take it. It's easier to not take it than to take it and have to deal with it later. My wife and I had a, an example just this week. That somebody had made, anyway, an event happened that we had the opportunity to take offense. And we started down that road. We're, we're talking about it. And then we both looked at each other and said, whatever, don't. That was it, you guys, because that little offense is what we take and we put in there. And then the next time you think about it, it's there. It's there. It starts to sprout immediately. So it's easier to not take it to begin with. The second step is to recognize that it exists and to not deny that it's there. Call it out. James 3:14 says, "But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your heart, do not be arrogant and so lie against the truth." I told you when I started this that I didn't think I had bitterness. The funny thing is, as I realize how easy this is, I had just reclassified it as something else. It wasn't in my bitterness bucket. It was over here. I reclassified it, and I justified it. I was okay to be thinking the way that I was because it was them. They're the problem, not me. But I didn't call it bitterness. And this is just a subtle trick of the enemy. We don't call it bitterness. The third step is forgiveness. And this word is really the key to unlocking this. Is forgiveness. Colossians 3.13 says, Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. You see, this forgiveness provides a release. This forgiveness is something that Jesus says, Look, this is this is what I want you to do. I want you to give it to me. I want you to bring your burdens to me. I want you to bring that bitterness to me and forgive them. And you can't do it on your own. You can do it through the power of God to forgive somebody else. But Jesus says, you know what? You've been carrying that around a long time. I want you to bring it to me and I want you to forgive. And the last step is to love. Practice love because when we concentrate on loving somebody else, we're not concentrating on ourselves. This is how Jesus was able to go to the cross. This is how Jesus was able to look at the people that he created and that were telling him he didn't know anything. He was useless. He was uneducated. They spit on him and they hit him. They treated him like dirt. They stuck a crown of thorns on his head. They crucified him. How was he able to do that? He did that because he was practicing love the whole time. And we're called to love each other, but we can only do it through the power of God. So you might say, you know what? That all sounds well and good, but Steve, you don't know what's happened to me. And you don't know my situation. And you're right, I don't. But I do know, and you guys said it today, it just makes me smile. We can't control what other people do to us, or what they say, or how they act. But we can control how we respond, and what we decide to do with it. There's a quote that says, bitterness is how we punish ourselves for other people's sins. You know, the thing is, in your bitterness, if you're sitting there in a situation that you're still bitter about, God's not there in your bitterness anymore. God's over here, and He's calling you out of it into something better. Naomi said, Call me Mara, call me bitter. And God didn't rewrite the scripture to call her Mara, He kept her name Naomi. It means pleasant. God said, I'm not, I don't want you to stay in that bitter situation. I'm calling you over here, Naomi. I'm calling you into something better. And this is where I want you to go. And that's what God has for us. He has something better than for us to be pinned down by bitterness. The prodigal son's brother went to the party, and he wouldn't step over the door. Guess what? The party went on without him. Life went on without him. Life's too short to not go into the party. God has something bigger and better for you. Don't let the enemy keep you as a prisoner by being pinned down. You know, a lot of times, oftentimes, the, when we're there, the situation, we're praying, God, change it, change it, change it, change it. He's all, well, I'm not going to change it. I'm just calling you out of it. And if you don't see it changing, it's because he has something better for you over here. And when we keep that root of bitterness alive in our life, we can't let the love of God flow through us. It's, it's, our love pipe is clogged. <laughs> I used to tell my daughters, every day, I want you guys to clean your long hair out of the shower. Do it every day. And they didn't. So a great joy of mine is to give them a screwdriver and the snake and say, clean it out. And they'd get that snake down and they'd pull out that long rat tail of long hair. Just disgusting. And it had been clogged with everything else. But nothing could get through until you take that out. And when we don't deal with this right away, that's what happens. Your love pipe gets clogged and you you, you can't let God's love flow through when you're holding on and carrying around all this bitterness. A lot of us are going to have the opportunity in the next couple of weeks in this season and going into Christmas that God's going to bring an opportunity along your way to share the love of Christ. And one of the ways that you can do it is by letting His love flow through you. And I challenge you today, you know what, guys? Guys, as you sit there and think about this, and you're going, you know what? I got this silly, stupid thing I've been carrying around a long time about somebody. Let it go. I'm going to challenge you today as we close. Come up to the altar, and I want to pray for you. Leave it here. Take these stupid, bitterness things, these seeds of offense, just leave them here. Life's too short. Life's too short. Let it go. I want you to enter the Christmas season with the ability to say, God, you know what? Use me. Don't let the enemy trick you by making you feel justified against something that happened to you years ago. Something that somebody said, so what? Let it go. Let go of that bitterness. You'll have that opportunity to share God's love with somebody. And if we're over here, <laughs> because we've gotten off track, when that opportunity comes you're just going to miss it. So let's, let's recalibrate today. Let's let it go. So I'm, gonna, I'm just going to start praying, and if that's you, just come up and just do your business with God right here on the altar. Let it go. I'm going to challenge you to be brave enough to let it go today. So come on up. I'm just going to give you a second, and then we're going to pray and close. Heavenly Father, Lord, so many of us, have. we pick up an offense so easily. Lord, as we go through life, it's at work. It's, it's something somebody said. It's even the way that we think somebody might be thinking or what they might say, if, even though they don't, Lord, we, we so easily dip our hands into that jar of the seed of offense and we grab it, Lord. Lord, some of us are carrying around some really heavy, heavy things that have happened in our lives that have bothered us for years. We, we can't even stomach to look at the person's face without that root of bitterness coming and just rearing its head. Lord, sometimes they're just small but there's a lot of them and we become that person, Lord that, that we just look for that in other people we don't look for the good anymore we look for the things that are wrong the things that, that they say that just irritate us, God and, and I know this isn't what you'd have for us, Lord I know that you don't want us to carry this around <clears throat> Lord, you don't want us to grab this seed of offense and to hold on to it, Lord. So today, as we come before you, God, we just want to leave it here at the altar once and for all. I understand, Lord, that sometimes we're going to go right out of here and we're going to pick it up again. And, and Lord, we're just going to keep bringing it back. We're going to bring it back over and over again and lay it at your feet. And I know that you don't get tired of that, Lord, because you're going to give us the power to forgive. You're going to give us the power to love once again, Lord, as only you can do. So today, God, I pray for a release I pray for those who are bringing their their things here today to leave here as they walk out. May they be free, God. May they not carry this around any longer. May they experience the joy and the freedom that comes from being able to let it go. Father, thank you for giving us the ability to do that. Lord, thank you for who you are. Thank you that you don't judge us when we do this over and over again. Lord, but equip us. Equip us to walk forward today and to leave it here. I thank you, God, for, Lord, just thank you for your forgiveness. and thank you for your love for us. Just give you praise. In your name we pray. Amen. So if you'd like prayer. Oh, Ed's So
1: I want to encourage you. You can walk out of here believing that you're going to take care of this versus coming up here. But I want to tell you what 40 years of experience in walking with the Lord has taught me. This is a tough issue, and I know this applies to many more of us sitting in this room. I want to encourage you to come up, because there's something powerful about that when a call is given, that there's something that allows you to really see that defeated. The enemy loves to get you outside that door and tell you this, that, or the other, have you forget it, whatever. I want to encourage you right now. There are some that you just need to come and let us pray with you. You need to come and let this go. Would you come up? Would you be brave enough to come up right now?
0: let's say one other thing and this is just God prompting me do you know how many marriages fall apart because this root of bitterness takes hold (laughs) that you now look at your spouse and you're just bitter that what you once saw in them as the virtues now you can only see the bad this is the enemy at work we reclassify it we say you know what it's their fault they're the ones that are broken No, it's not. It's us taking offense and picking that seed up.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: If that's your marriage today, man, I pray. I pray that you would let it go. See where the enemy has been working in your life. See where the enemy has worked in your marriage. And see where forgiveness is necessary. Father, I just praise you.
1: Well, Father, I thank you. I thank you for those that have come up and I just pray Lord there's something that you're doing in the lives of these men and women I don't need to know specifically what they are but you know and Lord they've come up here expecting something they've expected you to live by your word which you always do you said if we confess our sins you are rightful and just to forgive us but it's more than you're rightful and just to forgive us it goes beyond that Lord Lord it means that you give us victory, Lord. You give us that victory that we so desperately need. You give us the ability to leave it here. So, Father, I pray for each one of these. I pray that they would understand the freedom that they'll now under, that they now have, and to live and exercise that freedom. Father, I pray for those that, for whatever reason, didn't get up. I pray, Lord, that they would seek out prayer from a friend, you know, uh, uh, someone who believes, a leader here, come up afterwards, whatever. But Father God, I pray for them that they would have victory. Lord, we thank you for the service today. We thank you that, Lord, you know, you who set people free, set them free indeed. So thank you, Lord. And Lord, I want to encourage those that are up here to, um, if if you would like, we'd love to pray with you. So you can stay and let us each... uh, kind of get around and, and do that. God bless you all. Have a wonderful, wonderful Sunday. Praise God. Thank you, Steve.